Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 88, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. A little bit of a different week here, bringing in a celebrity co-host, Jack Wren, teammate of mine, freshman at Syracuse here. He's doing a rookie mission today, filling in because we're recording midday, and Herm's in over his head at work doing photo stuff. He says hi to everyone who's listening. He's actually going to chime in a little bit here when he does the editing. Collins, Fitz, and, and Glick are all busy. Renner, happy to have you in the in Hockey House ACHA. HQ today live from the dorms in Syracuse. Yeah, pleasure to be here, Murph. Honestly, uh, pretty psyched when you uh, threw that in the chat about a uh, rookie mission. Uh, I was kind of wondering what it was entailing, and then I saw I got to be on on the podcast. I was pretty psyched and looking forward to this all day. Yeah, pumped to have you here. We'll get to some news and and get your thoughts on stuff going around the league, but just wanted to start things off on a on a more somber note. Unfortunately, this week the hockey community is mourning the loss of Hunter Durham, a player at East Texas Baptist University. The university released a statement saying they are deeply saddened to share the news that East Texas Baptist University student Hunter Durham passed away on the morning of January 30th in a vehicle accident. He was a senior business administration major, scheduled to graduate in May, originally from Colorado, and attended high school in Texas. He was a four-year member of the ETBU Tiger hockey team. Obviously, when something like this happens, it's devastating to the hockey community, especially in the ACHA community where the teams are so tight-knit. We understand this is a difficult time for the ETBU community and we wanted to extend our condolences and we'd like to honor Hunter with a moment of silence. Thank you. And as always, if there's anybody who wants to reach out, express what they're going through, we'd be happy. You know, it's a difficult time for everybody and our DMs are always open. That being said, we, we do have some news to cover kind of broke it's been slowly breaking the last couple of weeks. Renner, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the CHF. The Collegiate Hockey Federation has announced that they are joining with the AAU and establishing AAU college hockey. So the league is going to go kind of through a, a rebrand, a relaunch under a new title, collaborating with AAU college hockey. But Renner, I'll get your your opinion because I, I consider myself kind of an expert, but maybe from an outsider perspective, what are your thoughts on the CHF? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience or a lot of uh, knowledge about all the, I guess, leagues that you do. But um, no, I got a couple buddies who are playing CHF, a couple friends who are University of Tampa. They're playing down there. Good players too. You know, a lot of talented guys who just decide, you know, go to school, prioritize that. But no, there's uh, good players. So I think it's going to be uh, exciting to see what happens here. You know, definitely. I've seen too that they look like they're going to try to make a Division One program. Am I seeing that right? At some point in the near future? Yeah, in the I'll, I'll read through the press release a little bit, but I took out some chunks. It says, quote from the chairman, it says, the mission of the CHF since our inception has been to raise the profile of our valued student-athletes, dedicated member programs, and loyal conferences, said Mark Purowitz, College Hockey Federation chairman. We believe the move to AAU College Hockey in partnership with the oldest and most reliable sports organization in the country demonstrates our commitment to achieving this mission. AAU College Hockey will initially include men's D2 and men's Division 3 levels as well as a women's division. While a committee has been impaneled to plan for a projected launch of a men's Division 1 program in the 2024-25 season. So that is two years from now. Uh, additional plans for new events under AAU including AAU High School Hockey Recruiting Show 
showcases and college hockey invitational tournaments for schools of its each conferences also under consideration. So the big thing is CHF has kind of been the competition for the ACHA, but it hasn't had that top level. This announcement today kind of says, hey, hey, we're, we're trying to do this and we're trying to improve college hockey as a whole. The big thing for them is they're trying to get rid of that club hockey stigma that's non-varsity college hockey. And the real emphasis that they're putting together is that this is going to be varsity college hockey under AAU college hockey. So I think it's a little confusing, uh, especially for guys who maybe, I don't know, there's there's a lot of wording here, a lot of non-profits, 5OCs, changing names, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to decipher, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of guys are looking at it and a little bit of confusion. We're going to try to have Scott Salmon on. He's kind of the head honcho at the CHF to get his take on it in the next couple weeks here. But we will get to see uh, the AAU College Hockey National Championships this year. They are going to replace the Fed Cup tournament beginning this March in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We hope to be there for it. So exciting news. And, and like I said, we'll get some clarification from Scott, hopefully in the near future. But I guess you definitely know more than I do about it. But like if I read this right, they're doing like showcases and stuff. So like, what do you think they're like the target is? Do you think they're like going to try to go for like kids coming out of high school or kids who did like PG years? Or is it like they're strictly going to try to like improve the league by taking kids from juniors? Like, where do you think players are looking for or coming from? So I think most of the CHF teams right now are the Northeast and the Southeast. So like the top teams are either coming from college hockey south the south carolina the georgias the clemsons the tampas of the world and then you also you almost have this disconnect a little bit and then you have a couple teams in the mid-atlantic a lot of teams in the northeast and that empire conference you think the demographic for club hockey right now it seems to be like na3 guys you're getting more and more ehl guys now speak of the devil huh yeah speak of the devil but i i think (laughs) they're gonna just try to target those areas like the hockey in the south is getting better you're seeing more and more kids staying home and playing whether it's like usphl i know the null is growing every year which is putting hockey junior hockey teams in places that don't normally have that kind of hockey well it's not even just the null that's growing too like if you look at the uh usphl's expanded dramatically ehl is adding tons of new teams they have like like a whole they have another division too the ehl premier like they're adding a bunch of new teams in there too yeah so with the expansion of the null the ncdc west new ehl teams and everything there's a lot of a lot of kids who are going to be playing junior hockey now i would think they they start those showcases in the northeast and the southeast would be my thing the chf doesn't really have a footprint in the west so maybe they try to do something a showcase out west to try to draw kids to the east coast but we'll, we'll have to see that we'll run through some rankings talk here very briefly minot state continues to roll they're the number one team in men's division one ACHA they had one game last week four nothing win over Waldorf uh they're kind of just a power at this point Renner I don't know how much you know about Minot State they're kind of just the the big boy in the ACHA right now I was going to be honest, uh, first year in here, I've definitely seen a lot. I'm going to be like coming in. I didn't really know much, but uh, after playing in the league, you see these teams, like these names just kind of keep reoccurring and you're like, okay, these are the guys to watch. No, I've definitely seen a lot about Minot State and about uh, how talented they are and what a good team they are. So I like to say that their whole roster is like kids from Alberta, Saskatchewan, like tough nosed hockey oh, wow. they kind of just bully teams i mean they they are are workhorses and they're tough to beat so we'll kind of get to them in a little bit in the games to watch this weekend but in women's division one acha liberty actually lost again they hadn't lost in over two and a half years until last weekend when they lost in overtime to mckendry they lost again last weekend to minot state they still remain the number one team in the country though because they've built up such a, a capital behind them getting to men's division two action 
I know, Renner, you probably have a, a couple of buddies playing D2 ACHA, but you marry is the number one team in the country. They're also the number one team in the West. Lindenwood, number two in the country. They're the number one team in the Central, followed by number three, Montana, who actually got swept by you, Mary, last weekend. You marry actually 14 and one all time against Montana. So that just shows you the difference between one and three in D2 ACHA. And then St. Thomas coming in at number four. If you're looking for the top team in the Northeast, that is UMass. And the top team in the Southeast is Florida Gulf Coast. Renner, I know that's a lot to throw at you, but anything that sticks out to you with teams we mentioned there? It's kind of funny you mentioned St. Thomas. One of my uh, good buddies I played junior hockey with is actually on that St. Thomas team. And what I've seen uh, just through social media and stuff, it seems like he's having a great time there and he loves it. Again, He's a he's actually a really good player. He was EHL with me, ended up the following year going to play in the Null and actually played in the Null All-Star game too. Again, talented kid. Yeah, they did they came out with some sweet new third jerseys the other day. I know St. Thomas announced the other day they're building a new on-campus rink. Curious what they'll do with the the current rink they have. I don't know if it's in the same footprint. You know, maybe it's like an ASU type situation where the NCAA team gets the new rink and the Acha team gets to play at the out of the old rink. So let's keep an eye on that. Men's Division Three, same old, same old Hope College is the number one team there uh moving on to the chf some interesting things here you mentioned you tampa we'll get to them in a second here but saint bonaventure unbeaten in the regulation this year they are 14 0 and 2 wow they have huge tests this weekend we'll get to that and then in the chf american division anna maria sits at number one with a record of 17 1 and 1 reminder chf national is kind of their d2 chf american is their d3 level interesting enough you tampa has teams in the national division and the american division they both sit at number three in the country their D2 team is 21 and 0 and their D3 team is 16 and 0. They have not lost yet and they're both sitting at number 3. So I don't know what, what team your buddy at, at, at U Tampa's on but they they're on quite the tear lately. I actually got two friends there and I think they're on the same team. I'm not 100% certain. It's a kid I uh Kid I was at Gilmore Academy with plays there and then another kid just from my hometown back in Saratoga plays there too but uh good for them. I mean I guess it seems like they need a bit of a challenge or something. It's tough geographically, too. There's not many teams in in that Tampa area. A lot of travel for those Florida teams. Talking points we want to cover this weekend. Lots of jerseys to be unveiled. The first one we want to mention was uh, last weekend we had the UNC guys on the pod. They talked about the outdoor game against NC State coming up in February. Herm is going to go down and cover that one. But the Ice Pack unveiled these sleek new NC State-inspired uh, football jerseys. They got like the the black with like the tire tracks on the shoulder NC state big across the chest, big football numbers. They're going with the football stripe on the helmet runner. I don't know if you got to see these ones, but it was a slick New Jersey. I did see them on Twitter and I was a big fan of them. I know uh, my roommate and AI were talking about them. We kind of wish we saw, uh, saw those earlier could have uh, definitely uh, rivaled the Jersey votes for uh best New Jersey's or best thirds. And, uh, college hockey right now yeah and you tampa also unveiled the new jersey for this past weekend uh it was gasparilla in in tampa so they were doing the uh gasparilla is just a big pirate festival in tampa i think they do a pirate ship parade it looks like everybody goes out has a good time darties everyone dressing up as pirates tampa unveiled pirate inspired gasparilla jerseys for the weekend and they defeated florida florida was also wearing some new retro inspired jerseys they had like a vintage gator holding a hockey stick looked pretty cool uh i guess sticking with the jersey Arkansas had military appreciation jerseys. Wanted to give them a shout out. They broke an attendance record this weekend. 700 fans on Friday night. They play at the Jordan Family Center, which looked like it was, I mean, beyond capacity at that point. 700 fans may not seem like a lot, but 
especially in the ACHA to, to bang out a place like that. They had a huge sweep over Missouri State in the battle of the Ozarks Trophy. Lastly, we want to give a shout out to the guys at South Carolina. They defeated Clemson to claim their fifth consecutive Palmetto Cup between the two schools. A lot of impressive wins there going on. A lot of guys keep rolling, I guess. Uh, wanted to give stick taps to Josh Fricks, the Liberty Ford who was injured a couple weeks ago against UNLV. He was relocated to the Shepherd Center in Georgia to begin intense physical therapy. Good to see him up smiling. He's moving around. He's getting the physical therapy going. Brutal injury, but you know he seems to be making a pretty speedy recovery, and, and we love following the pace that he's at right now. Wanted to give a shout-out to Jake Vitulo of Westchester. Renner, I don't know if you saw this goal. I was calling it the toe drag around the world. Goes in on a William Patterson defender. Probably the longest toe drag I've ever seen. Gets the kid to bite. Deeks the goalie. Goes in. Uh, we posted the video shortly after that. It was picked up by Chicklets, Hey Barber, everything college hockey, grainy live barn footage. But I mean, nonetheless, people still loved it. It's always tough when you get a, a, a goal like that. And the only thing available is the live barn footage. Especially when they have the cameras that like, it's like just pixelated. It looks like you're, you know, filming off like those old fashioned, like handheld cameras, like dad in the stands kind of stuff. It's like footage was tough, but it was an, it was an impressive move to say the least. This week it was national women and girls in sports day. We did our best to collect as many representatives from around the ACHA and the CHF, some women in sports who are doing some amazing things. And Herm was lucky enough to collect all the names and collect all the shout outs that people submitted to us. So I want to turn it over to Herm now so he can kind of give a shout out to those women who deserve it. Thanks, Murph. For this year's National Women and Girls in Sports Day, we encourage teams and players to send in their shout outs for the women that work for their teams and our DMs. And you guys came through in spades. Uh, this is one of the longest segments that we've had in a long time. And believe me, it could be so much longer to recognize all of the incredible efforts across both the ACHA and CHF. Wanted to start with three that are very near and dear to my heart. Jessica Butterly, Morgan Simonski, and Sam Garcia from Ohio. Jessica, now graduated, was the social media manager who took on my role after I graduated from OU. She is now working for Pro Rodeo as their social media manager. Morgan Simonski, Ohio's team photographer, is now working as a marketing coordinator in New Albany. And Sam Garcia was phenomenal up in the bird's nest behind the mic. Bailey Kasaki's name has come up so much on this podcast, so I apologize if you're hearing it ad nauseum, but she genuinely does everything for Saginaw Valley State. And we got a wonderful message from the SVSU hockey trainer, Kaylee Coons, who said the following, The photographer of SVSU. I know you've talked about her before, but she deserves another shout out. I've never seen a photographer work so hard for something she loves. She uses two cameras to make sure she gets the best shots. She hypes up the guys, and the guys go crazy over the photos she takes. She is the only girl on the staff besides me, and we both work hard to show the team and others what we are capable of. I'm the team trainer and love every second of working by Bailey's side. Keeping the boys healthy and watching closely during the game in case they get hurt sounds like a hard job, but unless I'm helping Bailey, I don't work as hard as she does. She does so much for the team, and we wouldn't function without her on some days. A much-deserved shout out to Kaylee as well. Another much deserved shout out goes to Caroline Sellers who did everything for the Liberty Flames. Uh, she is now ACHA to the showing it up down in Florida. Wish her the absolute best as the NHL All-Star Game heads down to the Sunshine State. Another person who does everything under the sun would be Sophia Andrews out in Illinois State. She does everything for, if I'm correct, all three levels of ISU hockey. Incredibly talented behind the camera and 
using Twitter fingers. Alexa Hilston does so, so much for USF and has elevated their social media presence. Huge shout out to her, Reagan Petrowski, and Carly Costello for all levels of Adrian hockey. Allie Kunkel, social media manager, and Betsy Timken, the photographer for the UCO Broncos. We got a long, long list from Zach Selye, who is very, very excited to hype up his staff. Katie Golick, senior photographer. Gianna Forbes, social media manager. Allie Hancock, media intern. Emily Gerber, marketing intern. Ella Troiano, video intern at NC State. Uh, for UNLV, we have Kayla, media insider, Jordan, photographer and videographer, Bella, Megan, and Isis, and I know Isis because of our several interactions at the Chicago Classic and Nationals. She is just a phenomenal person and was really my introduction to UNLV. Ashley Piccolo, Isabel Ariola, Taylor Hebert, Tyler Beecroft at Oregon, Tori Lex and Allison Meifert at Utah State, Claire Gantus, who's actually a forward for Gustavus Adolphus's men's two team. She might be a, a podcast guest that we have on in the near future just because of her perspective. Rebecca Wilson, the trainer in Victoria Wiggins Media for ETBU, Ashley Rems, student manager for Salisbury, Erica Schultz and Madeline Quick, student managers for Delaware, Carly Corsinita, the marketing director for UCLA, who's also a Division I athlete athlete at the same time just absolutely insane isabella ao the media director and meredith vox uh, the social media assistant for ohio men's two and molly linder social media manager does everything from game day graphics to designing merch and fundraiser organizing from georgia we know full well that there are plenty of individuals that aren't on this list that didn't get a submission but you absolutely deserve the recognition for the tireless work that you do you are welcome within the space and we hope that the players staff members coaches all recognize the efforts of women and foster an environment where they have the capability to thrive Back to you, Murph. Thank you to Herm for doing that. Thank you again to all the women in sports doing amazing things, especially in the ACHA and the CHF. A lot of programs getting a lot of attention because of the work that women are doing behind the scenes. Want to get to our interview here. As always, it's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own websites. The best part is your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash Hockey House Pod. Optimex has released a feature that we're super pumped about uh they've been working on this for a really long time and you can already see teams getting taking advantage of it but they have the new team store right on your site you can sell tickets merchandise and you make payments duquesne signed up recently which is huge big division one acha program d3 acha and they're pumped to be signed up with optimex sports too but great guests this week justin adamski and roman kramer from robert morris they joined the show renner you were part of the the crew tasked with chasing those guys around the ice a couple weekends ago. Uh, I, I know you got to talk to Kramer a little bit on the ice. You were trying to get in his head. And I don't think you were too successful. I don't think I was too. Honestly, it was just a it was just a quick little uh, tidbit off the face off. It seemed pretty unfazed. You know, like kind of get that from the veteran presence. So he's probably he's probably been uh, chirped a little worse than what uh, I was. The one thing I said then, so good players. So uh, that was a fun weekend playing against some tight games, good competition too, you know, really definitely like pushed me to my limits. Uh, hopefully, you know, we were making them work too, but uh, I don't know. How'd you, I mean, can I ask you how you enjoyed the game? Are you allowed to do that if you're hosting the podcast? Or you guys? Yeah, no, it? no. We get into it a little bit in interview, but they were good guys. Like I, we, we talked about on the bus. Like it's always good when you can have those games that come down to the wire and like you can respect your opponent. I think like they weren't the games weren't chippy. They were physical a little bit. I probably took the worst hit of the weekend when I got boarded, but other than that, like it was a. It was a good weekend all around, and like I said, enough to earn my respect and invite him back into the pod. So we'll turn it over to the boys from Robert Morris now, Justin Adamski and Roman Kramer. 
We're pleased to be joined by two members of the Robert Morris ACHA Division I program, Senior Captain Justin Adamski and Senior Alternate Captain Roman Kramer. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. It's like to have you guys on. Played against you guys a couple weekends ago, and we were able to kind of set this whole thing up. But kind of walk us through the season you guys have been having. I feel like we've been posting a lot of, a lot of Robert Morris clips this year, so it seems like you guys are off to, to a good year. Starting off going well. Before we started, just wanted to uh, openly say for all of Robert Morris hockey, um, we are keeping uh, Josh Fricks in our thoughts and prayers. A player from Liberty went down a couple weeks ago, uh, had neck surgery, uh, so I was on a plane to Georgia a couple of days ago to start his rehab. But on behalf of all of Robert Morris hockey, just wanted to uh, wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he can uh, get back on the ice soon and terrible thing that happened. The update we got today was he was uh, he was buzzing around the hospital in a wheelchair. They got him a custom wheelchair, and so it's good to see a smile on his face, and he's moving around and, and getting to be a little more active. It's good to see. But uh, back to your question about um, how the season's been going. Uh, we started off a little – little rocky but it's starting to seem to find our game now obviously we had two big games against you guys Syracuse a couple weeks ago come from behind win just kind of good for us starting to get some secondary scoring from uh, the other lines in our lineup which uh, we're going to need come playoff time lots of good events uh, with our charity game just this past weekend raised over 10 grand for the Ronald McDonald House Pittsburgh and Morgantown it's a big event for us very exciting been an awesome year so far Uh, I think it was kind of a slow start but things are starting to pick up now Good to see going into the playoffs. So really excited to see what happens there and hopefully we can make a run to go to nationals. Yeah, I mean, we'll start it off. First bullet point I have is the win at Liberty. I remember like waking up on that Saturday and like seeing a tweet. Like I didn't even get it, didn't even see a clip or anything. And, you know, with anyone who plays Liberty, like you go on YouTube the next day and like your YouTube recommended is just whoever Liberty played that night and you get the highlights. I hadn't even seen that yet. And I just saw the screenshot from the account that you guys beat Liberty. And I'm like, oh my God, like w- what happened last night? And then I look and Parker Rutherford with 62 saves and you guys win four to one with two empty netters. Kind of walk us through that. That weekend, had you guys played at Liberty before? Was that something you were looking forward to doing as a group? Some of the highlights from that that win. That was the first time either of us had played at Liberty. No, it was the first time. First time we played at Liberty. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere was just crazy playing in front of all those people. And then shout out to Parker for uh, keeping us in the game the, the whole time. Kids getting peppered with shots. Kind of weathered the storm in the in the first period. And we're only going into the room down one nothing. And we're like, okay, like let's come out. Let's have a good period. Got a quick goal. Got another one kind of a couple minutes after that. And all of a sudden we were up 2-1. And we're kind of thinking, all right, like we got this. We can play with this team. And we hung on. We we kind of got uh, dominated a little bit, but you know what? We tightened up our D and just kind of tried to keep them to the outside, and it ended up working out for us. One of the craziest parts about that game was everyone, if you're not a high-end school at club hockey, you kind of see them go in playing Liberty, you're like, oh, it might be a game that you get blown out. And I think everyone kind of had that mentality on the bus a little bit. Another alternate captain, Nate Mickey, he stood up on the bus before we stepped into the rink and he told everybody, get that mindset out of your head. Like, we're here to play. Like, we can play with these guys. And I don't think it really set in until the second period break when we were in the locker room and we were up on it. It was kind of like, we're here, like we can play with these guys. Like they're the best of the best, but we're just as good as them and we can beat them. Yeah. I feel like the the first period at Liberty is, is huge. Like if you can get to the locker room and it's a one goal game, I think that's when teams find the most success because you're right, Roman, like when a lot of teams go in there and, and you kind of just assume, I think people don't walk in there with a winning mentality 
But then you, you walk into that locker room and it's a completely different game and, and it gives you guys that momentum. I heard you guys mentioned, Roman, the, the pregame meal was quite the spread down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, usually your standard pregame meal is some kind of pasta with some kind of protein. We had kind of a unique setup for our pregame meal there. Uh, our coach kind of gave us a heads up just before it showed up. He told us, oh, we're having... We're having barbecue. We're gonna have uh, smoked chicken. We're gonna have brisket, mac and cheese, and everyone kind of in their heads like, "That's what we're gonna eat before we play a top school." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's kind of thinking, "Like, oh, that's gonna be a little heavy before we play." But must have been something in that meal it worked out good for us, though. Well, that's better than the pregame meal I had my first time playing at Liberty. We had uh, Olive Garden before the game, and I just remember halfway oh. through the second period, like burping, and I could taste the breadsticks, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." oh. Like, <laughs> I got to go chase one of these guys around the ice for the next 45 seconds. And now I could just taste Olive Garden in my mouth. So I did. That is one, one really cool thing about going down to Liberty is I remember, I think we did the barbecue for our post game meal. When we were down there, we went to cookout and got the nice spread, but that's always nice. And I, I, I don't want, want to be too much of a downer, but like the next day, did you guys just awake up, awake a beast? And like, it was like the Liberty team you thought you were going to see on Friday night. Yeah, probably. I mean, they didn't, it's not like they, I mean, they didn't play bad Friday. We were still so high on Friday. We came out kind of flat and gave up a couple quick goals in the first period and the bench was down, bench was defeated. We, we scored two late goals. I know Rome had two goals that game. Game got away from us. Still didn't think we played bad, but Liberty just capitalized on every opportunity they got. I think that Friday night game kind of wiped what happened Saturday, though, because no one really expected us to go out and do what we did Saturday. We were just riding that high, kind of just happy with what we did Friday, and Saturday was kind of just a wash at that point, honestly. Yeah, at that point, you're getting back on the bus, and you got the split, and everyone's more than happy with that result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So fast forward a, a couple of weeks and kind of the same thing. I think on bus rides home from from games, I try to my best to you know do the, I call it the ACHA red zone. You know, watch as many streams as I can, get the hotspot going. And uh, I think somebody had sent me a couple clips that night, and then I get I, we get a DM from Roman, and he's like, "Hey, I have a clip for you guys." And the the heel drag spinorama that we've all seen everywhere at this point, Roman kind of walk us through that move. I know I remember going back and forth. You said you'd tried this in practice before. Was this something you? You thought you were going to do in a game and then you had the opportunity to do so i mean honestly that kind of that move kind of came from i'm like a big roller hockey guy i played my whole life and that was a big move growing up was put your heel on top of the puck do the spinorama or whatever that move got banned from roller hockey it's now an instant penalty obviously you can't do it in roller hockey anymore let's try it in ice after I got banned from roller started doing it in ice like kind of messing around in practice i'll do it here and there like adult leagues over the summer i do it mess around never really did like the spinorama variation of it but whenever it came to it in the game just tried doing the heel drag that wasn't really thinking about the spinorama but i think the defenseman played it really well and i didn't really have any other options so it kind of just turned into a spinorama and then once I got out of it, I was like, what do I do now? So I just threw it at the net and it went 500 and somehow made it in. The guy was just as surprised as everybody else that it actually worked. <laughs> One of the funnier parts of the clip is you scored on Nick Beck, who's Kent State's goalie, and he like stood on his head when we played him. So I knew how good of a goalie he was, and we had actually posted a clip of him stopping one of our Syracuse guys so I had a ton of respect for him and I was like oh my gosh when it started going viral and everyone's commenting like oh goalie's got to have that one and I was like <laughs> oh like, come on because he ended up getting the win in that night right like you guys split with Kent State that weekend if I'm not wrong yeah they they had the win that weekend I think we played did we play Duquesne that weekend as well yeah we, I played, we played Duquesne, Duquesne the next day. first then Kent State or was it 
Yeah, we it was a split weekend yeah. with Kent and Duquesne. But uh, like Nick, that he's an unreal goalie for them. Like both of us being high scorers that we are, we both struggle against Kent State, and I think it's solely because of him. We look at each other on the bench every time we play, and we're like, how? Like, what do we have to do to put the puck in net? Like, this kid's standing on his head every game. How do how do we get it by him? So I was kind of surprised at that. It was a little bit weaker of a goal, but also as a goalie, you don't really see that every day. So how do you really read it? Well, now you know how we got we felt on the Syracuse bench last weekend when we couldn't <laughs> score a goal in the third period on you guys because you guys had you had you had Parker the first night who I think we had it was a really good goalie matchup the first night and then who's the other guy you have in net? Oh, uh, Kevin Mackey. Yeah, and Mackey played. A heck of a third period. He made some big stops on that five on three. So, I mean, you guys got quite the goalie duo at Robert Morris. But, Roman, how, I mean, we'll get to kind of your, your background and what led you to Robert Morris ACHA hockey. But did you ever imagine like a clip of you going viral like that? I mean, Sports Center, Spit and Chicklets, everything college hockey. Like, where's your phone just? destroyed with notifications that day i mean honestly never really thought that anything that i've done hockey wise would end up on that kind of platform like espn nhl all that stuff honestly the next morning whenever i woke up after that goal i didn't wake up until like two in the afternoon roll over look at my phone and i have like over 200 notifications and i was just like what happened like what what's going on <laughs> and then the rest of the day i was kind of scrolling through my phone and it was like one account after another just kept posting a goal it was like i was in shock i was like how how'd this blow up like this i didn't really expect this at all obviously shout out the hockey house pod like that goal wouldn't have gone as viral as it did if it wasn't for you guys and I appreciate that a lot. We were just as excited every time an account got picked up too. And then like, obviously you get an account that posts it and like doesn't credit us to it. And we're like, oh man, like could have at least used like a tag from Spit and Chicklets or something like that. But it, it was cool because, you know, at the end of the day, like that, that's yeah. the goal of what, of what we're trying to do is like, and you know, three years ago, if you score that goal, maybe it doesn't get picked up by SportsCenter, but it just shows kind of how far the ACHA has come. And, you know, the more times that that happens, like I, we had a kid from Westchester last weekend, his goal got picked up by Chicklets too. So it, it's really exciting when we get to do things like that. But speaking of exciting things, let's, let's cover last weekend because I think for the second year in a row, you guys have knocked it out of the park with your charity game. And maybe it's led to some crazy moments in your hockey careers as well. But let's look at the positive side of things who was the kind of the spearhead uh, on your team getting this event done with the ronald mcdonald house so it's kind of a double jab with uh me and nate mickey he's a grad student now he's getting his master's assistant cabin for us we started to kind of plan it like in september like august september as to like what charity we're gonna do what we want to raise money for kind of what jerseys would look cool with everything trying to kind of balance everything uh because last year we did the pets for vets and we had uh some guys dogs on our jerseys that we got which that was a great success too but nate reached out to the charity it's kind of things started rolling from there uh we got in contact with a couple of ronald mcdonald house ladies who were actually present uh that night of the game they had a table set up uh, we got them custom-made uh, jerseys that we had as well. And then that's what got us our idea that, oh, like, Evgeny Malkin works for the partners with the Ronald McDonald House with his I'm Score for Kids. So we're like, oh, maybe we can get in contact with him and get him involved and have him drop the puck. Kind of all worked out for us. Um, it was a lot of planning, lots of hard work and time put into it. It was an awesome event. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I mean, the jerseys were sick. I know the only time I'd ever seen that was like the Kalamazoo Wings, I think, in the ECHL had one similar design. And 
I think they went as far to wear yellow tinted visors that night, which would have been sick if, you know, <laughs> the, the Acha had visors. But, I mean, the barn was packed. Of course, an eventful game with Mercyhurst in town. You guys always seem to rough it up when they, they come in. Maybe a, a story for another day. We don't have to touch on too much of the craziness yeah. from last weekend. Yeah. But, oh, I was going to say, I was going to throw it over to you if you wanted to mention anything from last week. And if not, we could just move on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was probably the best... Uh the most exciting and best game I've ever played in. Like you said, it was packed. They announced during the game it was, I mean, our uh, the island, uh, it holds 12, 1,200 people. They announced there was over 1,300 people there. So there was literally people up in the top, you know, standing, uh, standing room only. It was, uh, it was an awesome game to play in. Sounds like the people there had fun, uh, enjoyed watching it. Got a couple messages just like personally and through the team uh, after a couple videos and pictures. Uh, were posted that it was a great event and people had a people had a lot of fun so we're looking forward to uh, next year's charity game already we'll we'll kind of rewind here and and talk about your hockey paths growing up uh justin i'll throw it over to you first kind of i mean you're both from from pa but walk us through like your youth hockey career kind of where you played during high school and what led you to robert morris so, I mean, I started started skating when I was three, my third birthday, shortly after my dad took me to our local rink. Uh, it's called Blade Runners. It's about 10, 15 minutes from my house. And I was just petrified. Absolutely hated it the first time I was on the ice. Then he didn't take me back for... Uh, for a couple more months, tried again, absolutely loved it. Wouldn't uh, like let go of his hand skating. I was afraid to skate. Kind of the whole kind of beginner's thing, learning how to skate. Started playing organized whenever I was four years old for the North Pittsburgh Wildcats, who actually played out of the rink that I learned to skate in. Uh, so it's kind of fitting there. Played my first three years there and then went over to the Amateur Penguins. Um, played there for a couple years. Uh, then kind of just wanted to change the scenery. A lot of my friends kind of stayed there for an extra year or two. Uh, I went to go play for the Pittsburgh Hornets, who were actually based out of RMU's rink, uh, Neville Island. Played there for a year or two, and they partnered which, with the Penguins, which is now the Penns Elite. So that's kind of how that started with them. I was like 10 or 11 at that point. I got cut from Penns Elite after playing for them the first year, and my... U13 year, I went to play for the Smart Stars, uh, which is another AAA program in Pittsburgh. Played there all the way through um, my first year at U18s. Uh, met a lot of some of my best friends there, still talk to them this day. Uh, there's NCAA guys, Division One guys that played on that team. A lot of the team plays for OU currently. Play them in a couple weeks. That'll be exciting to play against a lot of them. And then finished up my U18s at Pensley again uh, so it kind of made it full circle back to them uh, when it was done and then after that led me to Robert Morris were you looking at maybe potentially playing juniors at all did you kind of know you wanted to go right to school were you looking at other ACHA programs how did that recruiting process go for you I actually was kind of leaning towards a junior route my goal was to kind of play null and above and if not I was going to go to school. That February, the day before my uh, high school senior night, we were playing the Buffalo Junior Sabres up at the Harbor Center, and I broke my wrist. So I missed like kind of the whole the whole last half of the season, got my cast off early, actually went to play at districts 
two days after I got my cast off, just like wasn't myself. And I had to do like some rehab for my wrist, kind of re-strengthen it. So almost kind of missed the opportunity to go to camps and such uh, just because I wasn't like 100% in my full self. And one of the guys on my Pens team, his brother played at Robert Morris at the time. His name was David Roebuck. Uh, I don't know if that name rings a bell. He's like a NHL video game, like superstar, whatever. Actually, Nate Mickey had reached out to me prior that year as well. Like, hey, we'd love to have you if you're interested in playing hockey. It's great here. We have a good group of guys. So I was like, okay, like maybe I'll go there for a tour. David Roebuck, he, he gave me a tour of Robert Morris. Not a like a actual tour, just a, like a friend tour. Walked around, showed me what it was like to actually be on campus, what I would do on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, I liked it. I also looked at Mercyhurst, a little small for me. Not that RMU is some crazy big school either, but just thought it was right here. It's about 45 minutes from home. Uh, my parents, grandparents uh, were able to come watch me when I play at home every weekend. So that was a big deciding factor too, just to be able to have my parents in the stands every game. is It's a big deal for me. So it's kind of how I how I made my decision to come to Robert Morris. Just doing a little background research because I'm not as big of an NHL player, but you were friends growing up with David Roebuck? Well, I played U18s with his brother Dylan, who okay. I met uh, when I played U18 Pens and actually played my freshman year with Dave on the club team when he was a senior. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Yeah. So the guy's listening. He's a, obviously a huge NHL gamer in the, you know, has made it to the world gaming championships a couple of times too. Crazy, crazy for him. He's so he's still doing it today, making money. So good for him. All right, Romer, we got to send it over to you because your journey to the ACHA, just bananas. Let's walk us through your kind of youth hockey career. We'll maybe take a deep breath and how you got to Robert Morris and then we'll go from there. Similar to Justin, I uh, started skating at the age of three. Uh, my dad, he played hockey his whole life and whenever I was younger, he was he was coaching at the high school level. And I also had an older brother. He started a couple years before me, wanted to be just like him. So begged my parents to let me play hockey and skate. So age of three, started skating. Age four, my dad got me into developmental hockey, just kind of the basics of hockey and everything. And at that point, Obviously, watching my brother's games, kind of begged my parents, like, oh, I want to play games. Like, I don't want to do developmental. So the following year, they got me into Pittsburgh Predators, which is an amateur team around here. So I played mites there. From that point, I think I played Predators probably for the next six years or so. Kind of bounced, kind of bounced around, just like Justin with AAA teams. I played Pittsburgh Hornets. There were a couple different teams that guys wanted to move around. We made uh, Team Pittsburgh, went to Nationals with them a couple times, played Aviators, kind of everybody. We're at the age of 12, 14, and everybody kind of wanted to take it up a notch and just play strictly AAA hockey. And so a lot of guys left, went to Pittsburgh Hornets again, and my dad was kind of fed up with all the politics of hockey. At that age, you don't really have to be playing AAA. It just matters about how much you're on the ice. At that point, I went and played A major after playing AAA hockey. My dad coached an A major team at Mon Valley Thunder. And then following year, a bunch of guys said, AAA hockey not, is not where it's at. Let's play AA. So we made AA team at uh, Pittsburgh Predators again. Played there for a few years. Whenever I was 16, made it back to the AAA level, played U16 AAA my first year. One of the tournaments up in the Boston area, I think it's the Walpole Express Rink. We did a showcase up there. That was when I was approached by a coach from the Northern Cyclones in New Hampshire. They talked to me and my parents, and they said that they're really interested in me. They wanted me to come 
play hockey in New Hampshire for them. It was up in Hudson. I think that was my uh, my 16 year old birthday. Kind of got back in the car, talked to my parents. They were like, "Hey, if you want to take this hockey thing serious, like we think this is a big step. Like if you want to, you can move out with a family. You can move in with a family in Hudson, New Hampshire, play hockey there, do online school, focus on hockey as much as you can, and then see what." you get from there. Moved up there the following year, uh, did online school, played U16s, and then also got called up for a couple U18 games, and then also a couple uh, Metropolitan games, whenever that was the league. Following year, my parents didn't really want to spend the money for me to go back up to New Hampshire. So we both kind of agreed, uh, stay in Pittsburgh, play AAA hockey. And I told them the only exception was that I wanted to go back to high school with all of my friends. That was the big thing for me. If I wanted, if I was going to stay in Pittsburgh, I wanted to go back to the high school that I was at before, which was a private school. Obviously, parents have to pay for that. So that's kind of a burden. They said, you know what, if you want to stay in Pittsburgh, we'll pay for you to go back to school. So played high school hockey, played AAA again. Following year, graduated high school. Didn't really know what I wanted to do out of high school. So my parents kind of just signed me up for tryouts with junior teams and AAA teams. Tryout Pennsylvania made the team. I also went to Johnstown's main camp, Aston's main camp, and I think that was it. Both teams, they were interested in me, but they said they wanted to see me develop and everything. Played that year Pennsylvania at the AAA level. Uh, did really well as an overage player there. I got an offer from Johnstown. I got a tender offer, signed that with them, played a few games up and down after Christmas break, finished the season with Penn's Elite at Nationals, went to Johnstown, finished the season there, played playoffs with them and everything. Following year, played on the team again. After that season, didn't really know what I was going to do, kind of talked to Youngstown a little bit, uh, went and skated with them. And that's when they told me, hey, like, we're probably going to draft you next year in the USHL draft. And I was like, all right, not really sure if that's something that I'm interested in because I didn't know if I was going to get a lot of playing time. They ended up drafting me that same summer. I committed to RMU. The NCAA team. Whenever I was in Youngstown, didn't really enjoy it. Asked to go back. Went back to Johnstown. Finished the season there. Had a blast for my AHL year, freshman and sophomore year. Been on the NCAA team here at RMU. Obviously, the uh, program got cut. <laughs> didn't really know what I wanted to do. Didn't really want to transfer to a D3 NCAA school or anything. Uh, didn't want to spend all the money on school. So I decided there's hockey to be played at RMU. I was like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to play the hockey that there is at RMU and I'm going to enjoy it. That's what I'm doing now. And I love it. That's unreal. And I don't know how long you guys have been listening or if not, but when RMU decided they were cutting hockey, I think we jumped, we, we talked about it on the podcast and we were like, do you think anybody's going to stick around? Like, I mean, Robert Morris is a, a pretty good ACHA D1 team. Like, I know it's a step down, but we were curious at the time, like, is there anyone who's going to stick it out? And sure enough, I'm getting the scouting report for a couple weekends ago, and they're like, oh, yeah, you got to watch out for, for 15. I'm like, oh, I mean, the guy I've been cutting highlights for all year, like, I got to go cover him this weekend. <laughs> Rewind a little bit. What was, like, was Robert Morris the only NCAA offer you had? Were there other schools? Did you want to stay close to home? Like, how did you end up at Robert Morris? originally after that first year juniors that i played in johnstown i talked to a few schools throughout the school year uh, i talked to canisius talked to niagara and then obviously rmu once the season ended kind of didn't hear anything from any of the schools and then like out of the blue right in the middle of the summer get a call from coach mike gershon he was the assistant coach at the time he uh asked me if i want to come on an official visit the following week set up time showed up on campus, walked around, enjoyed everything about the campus. It's nice and close. My brother went here before, familiar with everything, like 
played at the rink multiple times, and they gave me a deadline of a week to accept the offer. And obviously, being the middle of summer, no other coaches are really on their toes, kind of like just sending out offers left and right. After receiving the offer, I left the rink with my family, and I looked at him and I said, what do you think I should do? And I remember my brother in the car, he told me, he's like, it's the middle of summer. You have a week to respond. You have a week to either accept or decline the offer. The school's right in your backyard. You can have family members there all the time. I went there. If you need help, I can help you with anything. After that, I kind of just like looked at my parents and I was just like, honestly, the only other school that I've really talked to and kind of thought about like going on a tour or visiting was Niagara. And at the time, their program wasn't very good. So I was kind of like, this is a no brainer. Like, obviously, I'm going to go to RMU. Like, grew up in Pittsburgh. It's just be an awesome story to go there. Love the school and everything. And I think within 10 minutes, I called Coach Derek Scully back and told him I accept the offer. Like, that's where I want to go. We'll kind of go we'll parallel your hockey careers. You're both freshmen at the same time, but on, on different hockey teams. Justin, like walk us through what's your welcome to the ACHA moment where you're kind of like, oh, this is the this is the Acha. This is the jungle. Uh, I'm in for a long ride here. Oh, boy. OK, well, you know, first first. Uh, well, I go through tryouts first day of tryouts. I'm like, all right, uh, got to go on and like do my best. You know, I'm like, went from being a senior in high school to back to a freshman. So I got to come in and prove myself and show that I can play and have an impact. The first day of tryouts come, starts pulling a couple guys off. Second day of tryouts, pulls another set of guys off. I'm like, okay, I'm still out here. Third day comes. And once again, I don't get pulled off. And my roommate now, who came in with a or who came in as a freshman with me, uh, Tyler Draper, um, we're both on the ice and we're like starting to question. We're like, okay, like what's going on? Like, you know, I think I'm better than this guy or this guy. Like, why am I still? Why am I still? You know, trying. And it was this basically. He makes all the incoming guys, the freshmen, skate every day. I don't know if it's just to mess with their head or to just kind of do that. So that was kind of, kind of a breather for me. Come Friday night, I show up to the rink. I see my name on the locker room door. I could finally breathe that week. Uh, I was taking my gear back and forth to my dorm every night after tryouts and laying it out in the hallway. People would walk by and be like, oh, this gear is terrible. It smells. The the floor lady or like the, the dorm floor assistant, whatever, calls me. She's like, hey, like I need you to move your hockey equipment back inside. Like it's smelling the hallway. So I'm like, oh, great. Like now I got to hang my equipment in my shower and everything. So finally got into the locker room on the first day. I'm nervous. I'm a freshman. I know a lot of, oh, well, not a lot of them, but some of the guys already. Uh, so that was kind of nice. And we get out and a couple of the guys look at me. They're like, all right, it's the first practice. Like, don't judge it too bad. So I'm like, okay, I get out there. And first drill, we start off and coach goes spread out. So we're like, okay, I'm don't really, don't even know what to expect. And skates on down to the, to the, uh, to the crease uh, at the scoreboard end, puts his stick in the air, blows his whistle. And we start to do the football drill. We are following his stick. He goes left. Everyone crosses over left. He goes right, crosses over right. Everyone's going right. And I'm like, I've never done this drill in my life. What am I doing? What is going on? Like, why? Like, I, I had no idea. I couldn't do anything other than other than laugh. We still we still do that drill to this day. We actually did it a couple of days ago. That was kind of my moment where I was like, what's going on? Like, I was just so, so confused. And 
then we did these these stations where like four stations at each dot were just these skating drills that you're just looking around and guys are like crossing over half half the guys are crossing over half the guys are skating you're doing the iron cross and the y (laughs) yeah like like roman said we still do them today like you're doing up and down like a y in the in the circle like passing a puck playing keep away (laughs) playing keep away in one circle it's like looks like i don't even know just looks like like a might practice yeah like it looks (laughs) like the bad news bears like on ice you're just like rolling around and like it was it's it's crazy but we all like enjoyed it all the guys were like oh like what'd you think i was like oh well it was interesting now i remember roman's first practice we did it and i'm like looking over at him i'm like oh wow like ncaa guys coming down like what the hell is he gonna think we're we're doing a football drill on ice and i remember roman coming up after he's like man i like i almost broke my toque and i was like oh shit that's not good <laughs> i think i was missing like half the rivets in my skates and half the time we're not even skating we're just doing like step overs like yeah, we went all the way up to the blue line step all the way across up to the red line same thing over and i look at him like i think my toque's gonna fall off my ski like I, I might not make it through this whole practice that right there between tryouts and lugging my stuff back and forth and the the football drill it's we had a new one this year where we did a full team cycle drill because we weren't <laughs> cycling the puck properly as our coach wanted so Everyone lined up and we called it take it to the bank. Everyone <laughs> smacks the puck off the boards into a cycle and seven minutes straight. It's just mayhem. But we love it. So, oh, hey, while we're on the subject of it, I had in my notes uh, Coach Joseph is going to represent Team Canada at the World Cup of University Hockey. I figured we had to throw in a shout out for there. He, he must be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. He's very um, my way or the highway, which is which is good majority of the time but sometimes you know guys want to have their input not to argue with them but just to kind of help him see the game in a new modern way not as always dump and chase like we know we always nag at him about entering the zone on the three on two through the middle you have an extra option you can go left you can go right you can shoot you got to um, enter through the sides his way <laughs> yeah you gotta kick the puck out right in the neutral zone and take it down the wall and either shoot or pass it high did he play back in the day is he like an old school guy like what where so he tells us all the time that he played in the ohl before it was the ohl nobody knows what it means no one knows what league it is but he says he plays he said he he said he played in the ohl before it was the ohl that's what his we quote take his word. line is. So we take his word for it and we're like, all right, man, sounds good, but not ripping him. He's a great guy. He's a great coach. Um, he does so much for us. We try to get him try to get him to see the game in a new way. He's definitely a no nonsense kind of guy as well. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Definitely. No if you nonsense. run your mouth through a game, he will let you know that he does not want you run your mouth. He wants you to play clean, hard hockey and that's how it is. And if you're not going to do it, he will sit you. He will yell at you. He will do whatever it takes to get you to play the way he wants you to play. I have respect for that because obviously every coach wants you to play. They play the way that they want you to play. So so I'm sure he had some words when Dammer got kicked, when Dammer got tossed from Syracuse for yapping at the ref. Um, Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't too happy. I made sure to say something, address the team before he came in in the locker room, you know, like whatever. Hey, sorry, but... Just emotions, man. I mean, five is a five on three. George goes to clear the puck, gets tripped. I was already rattled because I went down and hit the post before that. So I was like, I'm not too happy. Come back, break up a play. 
I felt that I got hooked. Could have been wrong. But, a trip. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the big thing for me was we're going to clear the puck. D-man skates around the net. As he's clearing the puck, gets his legs just taken off, and there's no call. The rest was history. I'm thrown out, and then Roman and Mickey take over, and they uh, they come back and get us the win. But I was extremely rattled. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't too too upset. I was like, hey, like sorry, but those are two those are two brutally missed calls. And he's like, oh, like, don't worry about it. So thankfully, I didn't get I didn't get reamed out too bad. Justin's also not the only one to run his mouth at the ref. Uh, I'm known to do the same. Uh, and fun fact, the game with the spinorama heel drag goal, I actually, I actually got kicked out of that game for yelling at the ref with 12 minutes left. We both we both get pretty heated out there, but he kind of understands that we're both passionate for the game and kind of gets the best of us sometimes, but he understands. That's funny that you bring that up because I think a couple of the comments were like some like Kent State <laughs> people mentioning the fact that you did get tossed from that game. Not too happy about it, but it is what it is. <laughs> does it all. Scores ESPN goals and gets kicked out of games <laughs> and gets two and tens. So. Dammer, we got to talk about your sophomore year. You guys were one of the few teams who got to play the 2020-2021 season, the COVID year. You guys ranked number one in the country at one point. You go to the national tournament as the two seed. How wild was that? Because I think a lot of people are like, how the heck is Robert Morris a, a top two team in the country right now? But I mean, it wasn't anything that you guys did. You guys were just winning hockey games. Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate to be one of the few teams playing, masking up to the rink, the boss getting tested every week, like the whole nine yards just to be able to play. But I remember where I was. I was with a couple guys in the gym, and we get a screenshot in our group message. It's like RMU hits top spot in ACHA, and we were like, whoa, okay. Even though we're only – couple of the teams playing you know it's still it's still really cool we were the first first army team to kind of be the be ranked number one um in the history of the program so that was that was cool and i think what did it for us was i think we beat ou i think it was like 6-2 the week before and then they had lost to a team who was below them which like jacked us like way up because we were the only teams playing we just saw it there and we were like, oh, wow, like we're one. I think the next week or two, like we won the the next games we played and then we lost to a team we shouldn't have lost. And then we we only dropped a couple spots somehow. Ended up going to Nationals as the two seed. Ended up losing to Indiana Tech, which was a game we should have never lost. Uh, we were up 3-1. And the third period, we were literally killing a penalty for probably 16 minutes of it. Had a five-minute major or a double minor, one of them. I can't remember off the top of my head, but gave up three goals and lost, I think it was 5-3 with an empty net. So four goals in the third period. And that was just awful. You just know you did not deserve to lose. You outplayed them. Just penalties got the got the worst of us. Kind of rubbing salt in the wound uh, at this point. Then a couple weeks later, the university announces that they are you know, no longer going to fund men's division one NCAA hockey women's division one NCAA hockey Roman kind of walk us through like where were you when you got the news did you guys have any heads up of this happening or was it just a shock to everybody there was absolutely no heads up for us actually at the time whenever I found out I was on campus getting ready to work out with one of the strength and conditioning coaches worked out with them over the summer just to prepare for the season and everything kind of showed up early for workouts told told trainer hey like 
they just sent us an email earlier in the day said that they want all athletes to join the zoom call or whatever it was so it's like i hey after the zoom call then i'll work out go outside kind of pacing around just have my airpods in looking at my phone everyone joins the call all of a sudden it's president howard pops up on the screen says da 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 and then not really paying attention he says oh we're cutting men's and women's ncaa hockey programs kind of pacing back and forth like all mad like what's going on why would they do this like really confused kind of just said programs were cut this is this this is why this is why and then kind of just ended the call didn't let anybody ask any questions or anything so we we're all kind of left hanging at that point everybody's texting in the group message like hey what's going on did anybody know like this was going to happen or anything like what do we do at this point after that kind of went back in the gym told the trainer hey like we don't have a hockey program i got to figure out what's going on like i'm not working out today a couple of guys that were local like jordan timmons uh tyler love they called me they're like what are you doing i'm just like I'm on campus right now trying to figure out like what to do. Like just got done talking to all my family members, told them what's going on, asked them what they think I should do. And they're like, hey, like we're gonna go to the, the uh, NCAA compliance office and join the transfer portal as soon as possible. Three of us stomp up into the football stadium where the NCAA compliance is. Just tell them like, hey, like we saw like what was going on. We want to join the portal. They put us in the portal right away. Kind of after that, we were all just kind of left hanging, just waiting to see if any schools would talk to us, trying to find out more information from the coaches, from the school, like what all the reasons were, why we didn't have a team anymore. At that point, it was just a waiting game. A few kids got picked up by NCAA Division One programs. A couple of kids decided to go the D3 NCAA route. I had a couple of D3 NCAA schools talk to me. I have the scholarship at RMU. Like they're, they said they're going to honor it. Why would I give up that scholarship opposed to paying close to like 40 grand a year to go to a small D3 NCAA school whenever I could stay right here and not pay for school and still play hockey, be close to home, be close to family. That's just kind of how it all worked out for me. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. I mean, awesome, at least that they were going to honor your scholarship, because I feel like that would deter everybody from at least, you know, guys taking into consideration staying at Army. Were there any other guys on the team who considered, hey, I'll just I'll join you. I'll play ACHA hockey if it means I get to stay at RMU. There were a couple kids going into the school year. Honestly, I didn't I didn't know if I was going to play NCAA or if I didn't know if I was going to play club that year or not. But obviously that was the goal of mine. I'm a hockey player. I want to play hockey. It's what I've done my whole life. I don't want to sit around practice like some of the other guys decide they were going to do. Four or five guys that also decide to stay. And once I found out who those guys were and after I talked to Coach Joseph about joining the club team, I told him, like, I want to continue playing hockey. I'm playing on the club team. Like, what do you guys plan on doing? The school had set aside time for the NCAA guys that if they wanted to skate on their own, they could. Most of the guys, after talking to them, they all decided, like, hey, I think I'm just going to skate this year, just practice, figure out what I'm going to do. Even throughout the year, I pestered all of them. I was like, hey, like, club hockey's a good time. It's still competitive. Like, it's going to keep you in shape and you're playing games. Like, like there's no reason you shouldn't play. I think second semester, two of the guys were, like, really interested in it and everything. But then that's kind of whenever the NCAA team started to gain traction again. And it was like, oh, like, we might get this program back. So some of them were scared, like, oh, I don't know if I want to jump ship, go play the club, play on the club team, and then risk not being able to play on the NCAA team. I think some of them were kind of just like, ah, oh, I think I'm going to just stick to what I'm doing, kind of 
trust what I'm doing and see how everything plays out from there. But I respect their decision and they respected mine and we're all still good friends. We all still talk and everything, but it would have been nice to have some of them join us and just have a blast and just keep playing hockey because anybody is a hockey player. You don't want to just practice. You want to play games. That's everyone's goal is to play games and have fun and wish some of them would have joined me, but it's how, it's how it worked out. Justin, I'm curious from your perspective at Syracuse here, there's no men's team on campus. So when people see us, we're kind of like the hockey team. And from your perspective, what was it like uh, for you guys when you were like, oh my gosh, like we're now the hockey team on campus. There's no NCAA team, at least for the foreseeable future. What was the reaction from the ACHA guys? So actually eight of us were in West Palm Beach. We were just sitting on the beach, checked our phone, saw an email because they sent out like a mass email to kind of like the whole university. And it was like, hey, uh, you know, we decided to cut our men's and women's team. At first we were like, kind of like, okay, does this apply to us? Like what's going on? So we were kind of like shocked a little bit because we know the success of the NCAA program that they had. They're a very good team. So we were, we were kind of, surprised ourselves and we were kind of going home in two days one of the guys is uh, really good friends with a few of the women's players so he reached out to to them to kind of try and get some scoop as to what was going on caught everybody by surprise there was no no kind of pre-word to to roman or any of those guys on the team before so i think everybody was just as surprised and then kind of once i got home uh started to learn more about it like as to like what the reasons were that they gave them then kind of more into the summer, I was like, okay, like maybe I could reach out to some of these guys and see what their plans are as to what's going on. And I just knew, I knew of Roman. I knew he was on the team. Was never, like I wasn't friends with, kind of wasn't friends with him before. Knew him through a mutual friend of ours who plays NCAA at Niagara right now. Uh, Roman played with him in Johnstown. Um, so kind of reached out to him first. I was like, hey, do you have any contact for Roman? Uh, Want to reach out to him and see what his plans are maybe? Maybe he'd like to play club, and here we are now. Really glad uh, Roman decided to come play. Uh, he's one of my best friends now, and feel like I've I've known him for more than a year and a half or two years, whatever it's been. So now I'm dying to know, and I think a lot of people listening are. Did things around the rink change? Like, was the ACHA locker room now the NCAA locker room? Did you guys get to move? Was is that just is the locker room just termites in it right now? Like. Did they give you guys more access in the rink because of the the teams being gone? Or were they like, hey, we're going to kind of keep these untouched for now until they decide what they're doing with the team? So we got everything that they had, their facilities at the rink. We had the locker room. We had the lounge. We had the The equipment equipment storage room. Coaches now at an office, a change room. So we were spoiled for all of last season. Then kind of when the NCAA team started to get traction again, they started to get more guys signing and more recruits uh, coming in for the for this coming or next year. This year we switched back up, back upstairs to the old club room, which is still nice with showers, um, whatever sink, stick rack, uh, individual stalls. So it's it's still nice, but we were so spoiled with that facility. We actually still share the equipment room now, so we keep keep some stuff down there, like all the apparel, the helmets, the pants, the gloves, extra stuff. Our coach still has his office, his change room, but we're back upstairs in our old club room. Interesting thing, though, is uh, the women's NCAA program and our women's club team, because there's so few people on each team, they actually share the same locker room. 
So they share the old NCAA locker room together because the women's club team didn't have their own locker room at the rink. It kind of worked out well for them and they're sharing the same space right now. I think there's like the perfect amount of stalls for them and everything and they're never really in there at the same time. So they get to share that space, which is nice for both teams, honestly. Well, yeah, and uh, our starting goalie here at Syracuse is Ariel DeSmet, who um, I believe was the backup when she was at Robert Morris, but we're pretty good friends with the women's team on campus, and I know there was a couple of actually freshmen last year who were supposed to go to RMU who ended up coming to Syracuse instead, so crazy turn of events. But, Roman, I want to hear what was your welcome to the ACHA moment. I think this is the longest we've ever gone in history without asking somebody, but mentioned you had a couple goals in your first game, but what uh what else do you remember from that first game my welcome to ACHA moment was probably right before our first game coach Mike Joseph he brings all of the freshmen and all of the new guys playing the ACHA brings them all together before the game and lets them know that this is a league like no other league you better keep your head up regardless of who you are how old you are what size you are people are looking to take your head off and there are people out there that that is their sole reason for playing club hockey some of them. <laughs> It's just to have the biggest the biggest hit possible and to just hit as many people as they can. So regardless of what you do, you have to keep your head up at all times. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there in the locker room like, I've been playing hockey my whole life. Like, we're having this conversation? Like, I think that's kind of expected at every level. Like, you're going to get hit by people. But once the game started, I realized, like, this is an NCAA hockey where it's kind of like, you're making you're making hits to get pot, body position on people. Like, this is, I'm hitting people to hit them as hard as I can because I find enjoyment out of it. And that was kind of the wake-up call for me. But that first game, another welcome to ACHA moment was my sophomore year playing NCAA. I only had two goals the whole season. I remember my first game, I ended up with four goals, my first ACHA game. And I walk outside to my parents in the lobby and I go, I think I'm going to have fun playing in this league. I just doubled my points that I had sophomore year. My, I doubled my goals from sophomore year. Like, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> I've had a blast. Playing NCAA kind of felt like a job, kind of started. Honestly, at one point, I went home to my parents and cried to them. And I said, I don't know if I can do four years of this. I wanted to be done as soon as I could. Playing club hockey at RMU has made me fall in love with hockey again. I've enjoyed it so much more now. Like, I've found love for hockey again. That's awesome. And and that's that's kind of why we do this. A lot of guys don't realize that when they're going through the recruiting process, they're deciding NCAA D3 or Division 1 ACHA or even if they're deciding between D1 ACHA or D2, like the school is a, a big part of it and and balancing that social life, academics and hockey is is challenging and the ACHA allows guys to do a little bit of everything. I want to hear though, Roman, like what was your thoughts on the skill level? Like I know we, we try to make the comparison that the top teams in the ACHA are, are good, if not better than the bottom teams in NCAA division three. And I know you don't quite have that experience, but talk about like some of the better players that you've seen in the ACHA and maybe how they would compare to the NCAA guys that you were competing with for a couple of years. The ACHA level uh, compared to NCAA, I think most teams first two lines a lot of the players you see I think most of them could be bottom end NCAA guys whether that be D1 level or D3 both of them are very comparable and everything I don't think the skill level is that big of a jump between one league to the next yeah maybe the first two lines on ACHA is where it's at and then kind of a drop off after that opposed to NCAA where all four lines it's very skilled people some may work harder than others on the fourth line honestly I haven't really found the club level is that big of a difference. Most of the guys can skate at the same speed as NCAA players can. A lot of guys are just as skilled as NCAA players. 
Uh, it kind of just comes down to, do you want to enjoy school? Do you want to take hockey more seriously? There's a lot of factors that people take into account whenever they choose what level of hockey they want to play and what schools they want to go to. And honestly, I don't think it's that big of a difference. Uh, I think the biggest difference with between NCAA and ACHA probably comes off ice and just how teams are run, how often you practice, what guys get off the ice, like equipment wise, how much, like obviously ACHA you have to pay when NCAA you get everything just handed to you. Regardless, if you're playing NCAA or ACHA, I think everyone has the same love for the game. It just kind of depends on what everybody wants out of what they're doing. Uh, I have to imagine guys aren't eating like a damski in the NCAA though. <laughs> Not at all. This guy, this guy's walk, a specimen. Walk us through his diet. <laughs> I think I think he should walk us through his diet. It's very very interesting. Give us your pregame meal. What's your go-to pregame meal on a way up to Buffalo for a game? Stop at Grove City Sheets and get two hot dogs for a dollar. Plain hot dogs. Just plain hot plain dogs. Nothing on them. Just the dog and the bun, and maybe a couple <laughs> like like a cup of fries, and just sit in the back of the bus pound them in five minutes and i'm done i eat awful it's very phil kessel-esque and i everyone's like how do you play like that i was like oh well like i mean if you eat grilled chicken like the chicken's not gonna make you skate faster and make you play better like i don't know so i eat whatever i want like before our charity game last week i went down got a slice of pepperoni pizza and two reese's peanut butter cups and I ate them at the intermission of each, the first and second period, the Reese's Cups. And then I had a nice greasy slice of pepperoni pizza for the game and went out and had four points. So, like, I don't I don't know if, if I eat grilled chicken and noodles, if it's going to make me score 10 points. But I'm not willing to try. I like, I like what I'm eating before the game. It seems to be working. And I've been getting ripped on it since I was 14 years old. I haven't changed it since. He also controls so that, what everybody else eats before games now too, because he won't eat red sauce. Yeah, so. I don't eat red sauce <laughs> on my on my pasta. So he'll get the coach will get chicken parm and white sauce. I won't eat it. I'll get my white sauce, Alfredo, along with like the three other guys that don't eat red sauce. And then he usually orders Chipotle or Chick Fil A to the hotel. Yeah, and I'll DoorDash Chipotle or Chick Fil A to the hotel when I was up in Syracuse, I door-dashed Chipotle. And then the next day when we played downtown, uh, me and Roman walked to Subway and that was probably the best pregame meal in a while. I had a (laughs) nice grilled teriyaki chicken, six inch with a bag of jalapeno chips and a chocolate chip cookie. Then I went out and played an hour later. Well, you've beaten me to the Syracuse Subway downtown because I couldn't even tell you where that is. I know I, I passed a bunch of the guys. I went out and got a bagel downtown and uh, a bunch of the guys had walked there from the hotel, and I was like, oh, you guys found the right spot. I, I saw that video of you during the charity game. You were doing, like, the Austin Matthews celly. Were you just telling the goalie how many Reese's Cups you had before the game? Was that what that celly was? <laughs> yeah, I might have had, like, six or seven. So King size. Might have, yeah, I had, I, had, I had the Reese's Big Cup that you buy at, like, the, at the grocery store when you're waiting to check out. So that counts as like two or three, maybe. Yeah, I was just, I was letting them know. It was like one hot dog, two <laughs> hot dogs, one Reese cup, one slice of pizza. I was just, I was just giving them a list. I was just letting them know what was going on. That's why I was, that's why I got mad. Honestly, I think his best, his best pregame meal last year, the one time, I don't know if it was whenever we played Niagara or Buffalo, but we stopped at the Grove City Sheets. He got his hot dogs as usual at like 10 a.m., but he also got a for real milkshake. 
He got a for real milkshake and was running around sheets drinking this thing and got on the bus. Coach Joseph asked him what it was, and he convinced him that it was a protein shake and not a milkshake. I can validate that for sure. <laughs> it was a peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter cup, for real thing that you like stick in. They blend it like a pre-blended milkshake. And he's like, oh, I didn't see those in there. I was like, yeah. They were they were they were in the corner. Before we go, I want to give you guys each kind of the chance to give a, a quick spiel about Robert Morris. I think you've you've had unique experiences um, in your own. But before guys go, I like to give them kind of the chance to give the elevator pitch to attend the school that you guys have gone to. Roman, I'll throw it over to you since we just heard Justin talk for about twenty minutes. Um, you can can go first because i think it it truly speaks to what robert morris has going on the fact that you were able you you know willing to stick it out for another two years uh even if it was at the acha level rmu is it's an amazing school uh we got amazing people on campus if you're looking to play hockey this is this is the place to be i think we have under five thousand students here as a hockey program the club teams we have the biggest like club group of people on campus we have Division Four men's hockey, Division Three men's, Division Two women's, and then Division One men's ice hockey, and that's all just club hockey. We get treated like royalty here. I mean, a lot of club teams they struggle; they kind of just get pushed to the back burner for schools. But here at RMU, even with the NCAA program coming back, we get backed by the school 100%. I think it's a joy for for us to have the backing from the school. And I think the school enjoys us having a program and brings a lot of kids here. I think, honestly, if you're looking to play club hockey, this this is the place to be. I don't think there's any better school. There's just a lot of hockey to be played here and at every level possible. Justin, I'm assuming you'd kind of echo the same thing. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, just over my experience here, this being my fourth year, just seeing how the program has grown, just between the the players, the guys, the guys we have coming in, um, we have a great group of freshmen this year, a big group. There's guys that thought they were going to make the D1 team that didn't this year and are playing D3 right now just because, you know, the group that we have is so competitive. Everybody's, you know, strives for greatness here, uh, whether it's the D3 team or the D1 team. And, you know, we get, like Roman said, you know, the school supports us fully. Uh, just an example, last weekend we had the – the president showed up to our charity game and was on the ice for the puck drop, just su- supporting what we were doing, supporting the team, the event. It's just a great place to be. But yeah, basically Roman summed it up. Great. You know, there's lots of lots of good things to, to do here, and the program is only going to get better. It's only growing. It's expanding. Our schedule gets better every year. Uh, when I was here my freshman year, I never would have thought you know we'd be playing Liberty when I was a senior and beating them and beating teams like OU a couple years ago. Um, but like I said, it's always growing. We're getting better every game, every year. If you're ever ever considering a place to go, it's one of the best programs in the in the country. It's unbiased. I know I go here and I see everything, but I truly think it's I truly think it's a great program. Well, certainly thank you guys for for coming out tonight and uh, you know sitting down for a while and talking RMU hockey. Wish you guys best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, you know looking forward to to watching some RMU highlights and hopefully you guys can make a run here soon. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Best of luck to Syracuse and uh, everything Hockey House Pod has to offer the rest of the year.
Thank you to Dammer and Roman for coming on and joining us, giving the inside scoop on Robert Morris. Really cool insight, especially from Roman, kind of just talking about that transition from going NCAA Division One down to the ACHA and just kind of sticking it out at Robert Morris. He seems to be having a blast and, you know, enjoying college hockey, which is something we all want to do when we play at this level. That's definitely the most important part is just having a good time and, like, enjoying it. Like, at the end of the day, like, what's really the point of, like, playing if you're not going to have a good time or enjoy it at all? All right, we'll turn it over to the ACHA Burgers Blowout of the Week. We'll start in Division One ACHA. Ohio defeated Illinois by a score of 10 to 1 last weekend. Herm put in a note here. It's the first time that OU has put up 10 on Illinois since 1995. That stat actually shocks me that this is not the first time that Ohio has put up 10 on Illinois. Illinois, we've talked about it a couple times in the pod, but very good ACHA program that's just kind of had it in a down year. And I think Ohio really taking advantage of it, giving it to them 10 to 1. Yeah, Ohio's been solid throughout the year, though. Yeah, definitely, and and we'll kind of we'll get to them in a little bit. But men's division two action: Washington defeated UC San Diego by a score of thirteen to three. UC San Diego gets uh, our feature site. Renner. We're gonna do over and under on enrollment for UC San Diego. Their Acha men's D two team. I'm gonna give it to you: twenty two thousand students. Do you think over or under? I'm gonna go. Under? You should have taken the over. Their enrollment is 35,000. Holy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is way more than I thought. They took a tough one this weekend, losing 13 to nothing to Washington. But in men's division three action, New Mexico defeated Colorado, Colorado Springs, 13 to nothing as well. In women's action, another 13 nothing shutout. Colorado State defeats Wyoming, 13 to nothing. Gets a little worse in women's division two action. Ohio State defeated Oswego, 16 to nothing. And then in the CHF, it was a tough weekend for VMI. Christopher Newport took it to him, 26 to one in 17 to nothing. Oh my God. Renner, I'm sure you've been on, on the fair share of, of blowouts. I mean, it's not really fun when you're looking at these scores if you're on the winning side either. I mean, yeah, I've been on both sides of getting blown out and then blowing a team out. And then- yeah. As the losing team, it's definitely uh definitely bruises bruises the ego a little bit. Uh, you know, and they think you're gonna come back. I think honestly the worst part is losing by that again the second day. Like, cause you know, sometimes you get that fire to come back. I know, especially with us, if you remember when we played Stony Brook, we kinda got uh crushed in the first game and then come back game two and we gave them a run for their money. That was like that's an exciting feeling, but I think like getting blown out back to back would definitely have to uh I'd probably ruin the rest of my week. But, like starting on Monday, I'd probably be like kind of damn. All right, we'll turn it over to the games to watch this week. We'll start. We have number 15, Georgia, taking on number nine, South Carolina in the CHF. This is at the Classic Center. It's going to be outdoors, which is going to be awesome. UGA released those kind of off-white Athens City jerseys. They'll probably face off against the Cox, who are going to be wearing their jersey of the year, the black ones, Cox and Script. You can't go wrong with that matchup. Uh, Sticking with the CHF, Farmingdale State is taking on Fairfield. That's a battle of the number seven team in the country versus the number five team in the country. That'll happen on Saturday at the Northwell Health Center. Big New York rivalry and two very talented CHF teams. Friday night in ACHA men's division one action. We get Liberty facing off against Adrian at LaHaye. Feels like every week we have a Liberty team in the game to watch, but number five, Liberty versus number two, Adrian. That's a big one. When I was a freshman, right before COVID hit, like that was the rivalry. It was Liberty was two, Adrian was one, and it was literally must watch hockey. 
every time they played. So two big rivalries in the ACHA squaring off. Liberty's obviously a solid program, and Adrian with that huge win against Stony Brook too, who is also one of the big dogs in the East. So I, I'm excited to see how that one goes. Definitely see how that plays out. Another big rivalry game will be happening in Pittsburgh, the number 10 team in the country, University of Pitt, taking on inner city rival Duquesne. That'll be at Alpha Ice Complex. Those two teams share the rink, uh, which will make it even more entertaining. We got NC State taking on University of North Carolina at the Wake Competition Center. Senior night for NC State. That'll be on Friday. On Friday night in ACHA 2 action, we get Montana taking on Montana State in the Brawl of the Wild. And then Saturday, CHF action. St. Bonaventure, the number one team in the country, taking on the number two team in the country, Niagara University. That one is going to be a fun one to watch. Like we mentioned, the Bonnies have not lost in regulation. So Niagara looking to get a chip in their record top two matchup in the CHF. And then in men's division two action, we want to give a shout out to Alex Herman in this one. Adrian College taking on Trine should be a bloodbath at Arlington Ice Arena. Got some honorable mentions that we'll run through in men's division one. Maryville is taking on UCO at the Maryville Hockey Center. That's a top 15 matchup. Friday night, we got Adrian taking on Indiana Tech in women's ACHA. In men's ACHA 2, we got Lindenwood taking on Miami, two of the top five teams in their respective regions. Northeastern taking on Florida Gulf Coast. That's the number two team in the Northeast versus the number one team uh, in the Southeast. Florida Gulf Coast, this is huge this time of year. We had a couple of those guys on earlier in the year. They basically can't go to regionals because it's during spring break, and they can't afford to have to fly out of Florida during spring break because it's just too much money. So they have to get that auto bid to nationals uh, and they're hanging on to the number one spot right now in the Southeast. Wow. That's going to be, so this is kind of like a, uh, I wouldn't say like do or die, but this is definitely an important game for them. Yeah, definitely. Where other teams have that cushion, like, Hey, if they don't get the auto bid, they can at least play in regionals. They don't really have that luxury, but number four team in men's two university of denver taking on number 15 metropolitan state university and then saturday we got umass versus bc two talented teams in massachusetts taking each other on in the northeast and women's division two we have the naval academy taking on villanova these two teams do not like each other they'll face off at john mcmullen hockey arena in men's three action on saturday saginaw valley state takes on university of michigan at the saginaw bay ice arena a michigan rivalry in front of a packed crowd at death valley and then st bonaventure making a second appearance on the list they'll take on university of binghamton who's number four in the chf right now so two mentions of the bonnies in game of the week but that brings us to the game of the week which is the number four ohio university bobcats hosting the number one team in the country, the Minot State Beavers at Bird Arena. For those keeping track at home, Minot State was a top team to pick to win the national tournament last year, and Ohio upset them. It was Ohio's second game of the national tournament, Minot's first, and they got sent packing from St. Louis. So big revenge game for the Beavers here. Herm is going with Ohio, of course, no surprise there. Celebrity guest picker, Jack Wren, any thoughts on this one? If I'm going to be honest, I think I'm going to have to go with Ohio on this one, not just because of the track record. You know, everyone loves to see an underdog story. One of my good friends, his cousin plays on uh, OU. So, you know, little may, might have a little bit of a bias there, but, you know, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's really going to come down to the wire, but I think at the end of the day, I think you're going to see uh, OU come out on top. I think I've picked against the Beavers almost every time they've been in the game of the week this year. So I'm going to go with them this time around. I think that they're out for revenge from Nationals last year, and they're going to make a statement here Friday night at Bird Arena. Uh, we'll go to the question of the week you're a big junior hockey guy spent a lot of time in the ehl i did a pg year which i kind of count that as junior hockey because you know we were on the road traveling so much and uh wanted to get your thoughts what's one thing you don't miss about junior hockey it's kind of a shame i have to limit it to just one there's definitely uh (laughs) 
there's definitely a lot of things about junior hockey that uh, I didn't enjoy that again, a lot of things I did enjoy too, but I was going to say for everything that you didn't enjoy, there was probably you, you, I mean, guys say junior hockey, you get a million stories out of that. You meet some of your best friends. We're not here to ragdoll junior hockey, but now that you're in college, looking back on it, you're like, Oh, I'm glad I probably don't have to do that ever again. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I will say I'm definitely having a lot more fun at college. I love it here. Like this is probably like the best time. Like this is probably the best time I've had in my life. I met a lot of great people through juniors, had a great time. The one thing I don't miss about juniors, I don't know. It might just be like the lack of, I don't know, things to do. Like there's a lot of just like sitting around, like playing video games, watching movies. Again, you're with the boys. So like you're having a great time always, but you know, it's nice to be here. Like I'm, I'm busy all day. Like between, if I'm not at class, I'm doing homework. If I'm not doing that, I'm on the ice or I'm eating with the fellas. Like I'm, I'm always busy. I'm someone who likes to be kept busy. I don't know. What about, what do you not miss about, uh, about Bridgeton Academy? I thought about this for a little bit because I like, unlike you who you had so much free time during the day because it was, I PG'd. It was like, you know, you went to classes, you had study hall, more of like the college thing. We had two buses at Bridgeton. We had a coach bus that was like a charter from the local bus company. And they had like all the Bridgeton Academy decals on the side of it. That's what we took for games. If the away game was close enough and another team needed that bus on campus, they had like a little bus that was, it was like half the size of a coach bus, but like nicer than a school bus. <laughs> the biggest thing was like, we couldn't throw our bags underneath it. So you had to throw the bags in the back. And it was like, you were sitting on each other's laps. And we used to ride that thing. We rode it to Marlboro a couple times for some showcases. And it was like oh. no elbow room in, in that thing. I One of the funniest stories I had though, as bad as it was to ride that bus, that's one thing I don't miss about my time PGing. My best story is, I know we've done this at the house recently, is when a guy goes on Tinder and they're swiping and everybody's <laughs> watching them. Well, yep. this kid, the bus was so small. He just had his phone in the aisle and every, everyone would <laughs> cheer. He was literally just swiping right on everybody. And the minute he got a match, I mean, the whole bus would erupt it. It was my roommate, Kevin McMullen. So got to give him a shout out. You know, the meme where it's like uh, everybody in like that bar and they have like the uh, thing going yes, around. Yes. It was like, he was rapid fire swiping. And the minute he got a match, it was exactly, or it's like when the, right. When the, the DVD box hits the corner. Yeah. Everyone yeah, goes nuts. Like- yeah. No, that's kind of reminds me of uh, when I was at Gilmore, they got a bus that year. No, it was really small. It had no space. They would like rent like one of those like windowless vans and everybody would throw their bags and our assistant coach would drive it. There were actually a couple times where the school needed that bus for like academic trips or something. So like students could like, so they could take like a bunch of students other places. We had to pull up to showcases on a school bus and then grab all of our bags out of the windowless van uh we had these oversized like like sweats on and it was just like oh my god if you're watching it you're kind of laughing but like being a part of that you're like jesus what are we doing renner i appreciate you 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 hopping in the studio this week definitely made it a little more entertaining to get a fresh face in the booth but as we get to wrap this up here and we start picking up the pucks i want to give a shout out to our teammate johnny cajola johnny cogs johnny hockey uh he had acl surgery this week got injured in a game against delaware at the start of the year feels like that was years ago credit to johnny he's been at 
almost every practice since his injury stick handling in the corner. It's a shame that he's pretty much was almost back to like 100% walking around and now he's got to go in for surgery and, and restart at square one. But want to make sure we gave him a shout out. I don't know if you want to give Johnny a shout out too, if there's anything else on your mind this week. Definitely. He's a huge team guy, even like not playing, as you mentioned, like he's at every practice in the corner, stick handling, sharpening guys skates when they need it. Like huge team guy, big asset. Love the kid. I guess my shout out of the week is going to be to uh, Vin's grip strength trainer. That's uh, another one of the teammates on uh, at Syracuse Hockey. For those who don't know him, he uh, he let me borrow. It's like uh, you know, like, you know what you remember with like T90X. I guess he has like the grip strength trainer. He was like him and I were working out one time, and he just had it in his car. And I'm like, oh, can I borrow this? And he's like, I I guess so. You know, work on the forearms a little bit, maybe get some better, get some better hands because I kind of got rocks for hands. So you're on the Bedsy program. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> try to. You know, a little, hopefully uh, improving my toe drag finish there. So, uh, toe drag release, toe drag release. Come on, Betsy. <laughs> yeah, I ended up accidentally keeping it for like a month. So, I actually I put it in my bag. I remembered today. So, Vin's uh, grip strength trainer will be returned home today. But, uh, shout out to Vin and his grip strength trainer for uh, helping me try to soften the hands a little bit. Renner, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you to everyone who's listening at home. Wishing everybody best of luck this weekend, as always. Any clips, highlights, news, be sure to send us a DM at Hockey House Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you boys next week. Yeah.